Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. With Chicagoans witnessing NASCAR firsthand and Formula One rounding the corner, we forget about the cars that don't have a need for speed. Vintage cars that ride low and slow, jump side to side or up and down, those are lowriders. You may have seen these beauties cruising in your neighborhood or at parades, but did you know that there's a rich history and deep community behind these vehicles? People are using their cars to tell their stories, right? To express their identities, to build communities. What does that mean to communities that come from histories of marginalization, that experience segregation and discrimination, right? So for me, like in Los Angeles, I thought it was a perfect sort of canvas to look at the history of Black and Brown folks out here in LA, right? Or how... We use what we have, we transform our communities, right? We don't have access to museums, so the streets become our museum spaces or parks become our museum spaces and car shows. I'm your host, Ariel Ravenet, and today we're taking a drive through the Chicano culture surrounding these vehicles, busting common misconceptions and meeting the people behind the wheel. Buckle up and let's get looped in, Chicago. How long have you been a part of the Damage Car Club? Years. Yeah, years. <laughs> Probably, shoot, 20 Probably years that, like, since yeah. I had my car. I spent a Friday evening with the lowriders of Damage Car Club, operated out of Damage Auto Body and Hydraulics in Lansing. Music plays while kids kick a soccer ball between them while eating ice cream. Women stand in a familiar circle talking while men similarly fraternize. All around the parking lot are cars of various makes, models, and colors. The end of the traditional work week is where they gather, and some of them, like Eddie Cortez, has been a member since the club started. They do, they do rides and stuff where when they need, somebody needs help, they help, we help each other out and stuff like that. It's basically more like a family like thing, a family. you know what I mean? Eddie and his wife drive a green vintage Chevy Caprice with silver flames on the front grille of the car. You can see photos of the drivers and their rides on our Instagram at WBBM Podcast. With the variety of vintage vehicles, it felt like stepping back in time. One of my favorite parts was how each person's car was unique to them and showed their personality. Uh, my wife is the El Camino and mine is the Black 57 back there. I spoke with George Navarrete, who showed me their cars. His wife, Carla, has a gray 52 El Camino with the license plate Mothership because they got the car in their homeland of Mexico. George's black 57 Chevrolet has a license plate L-Prof in honor of his career as a teacher. 
He told me his love for cars started at a young age when he found a car magazine at a gas station. It was love at first sight. George paid his way through college by working as a painter in a collision repair shop. By learning the tricks of the trade, he was able to make his lowrider dream a reality. But for him, repairing these vintage cars goes beyond just a hobby. Just getting inside of them, uh, you feel like you're going back in time. Uh, anybody can go out, buy a brand new Corvette or a brand new vehicle, but just keeping these vehicles alive and on the road, it was just, I mean, all in itself, it's just an experience, you know? Yeah. I wasn't, I know I look super young, but I wasn't around when these cars were made. Uh, so obviously took some experience rebuilding them and things like that, you know, getting to know the ins and outs. And, and with anything, there are a lot of maintenance, there are projects, uh, but it's just an amazing hobby. Just the group of guys, the camaraderie, uh, everybody getting together, helping each other out with the knowledge, uh, which is amazing. George is the career education chair and collision repair teacher at Thornton Fractional High School. Throughout his 18 years at the school, he makes sure to introduce his students to the world of lowriders. I teach the um, collision repair class at, at our high school, and we had a, a after-school restoration program. And uh, some of the school, some of the students that were interested in, uh, you know, welding, bodywork, metal fabrication, uh, they kind of came after school and helped out. And obviously, I funded all the the project. But it's kind of cool that. You know, they got their hands in it, and, you know, when the car's done, they, I took the car shows with the vehicle, things that that nature, so it was, it was nice. One of the vehicles they worked on together was actually Carla's El Camino. George says he still runs into old students at car shows, some bringing their family to experience the event, while others have lowriders of their own now. Which one's your favorite car? The green car. What is this? The green one's really cool. What is this? What do you like? The El Camino. Do you like to ride in the cars? Yes. you like to go fast? <laughs> this aspect of community is the root of lowrider culture in a lot of ways. So I asked George to describe the subculture for somebody who might not be familiar with it. I would say the lowrider culture is just Chicano all in itself. Chicano stands for like, you know, a, a Mexican-American that was originated from Mexico. their hometown they kind of weren't welcome there so they kind of put all their love and their passion and their art into the vehicles and uh, that's kind of where it all began and it just kind of been passed down from generation to generation and uh, you know I I would like to hand this down to my kids and keep it going you know. Dr. Denise Sandoval is a professor of Chicana and Chicano studies at California State University and museum curator of lowrider history. She's currently working on an exhibit for the Smithsonian. She explained that in the 1930s, hot rods were the first major car customization in America. This was the first time we saw people modifying cars to change them and make them unique to the driver, which was a very American thing to do at the time. Then, in 1940s, we saw a different type of car roll in, lowriders. 
on one hand, the changing meaning of the car, how individuals and communities are redefining the meaning of the car, and then two, like the industries that develop and craftsmanship, right, that develops around car customizing and well. So low riding is a part of, of that history. Um, and you begin to see sort of, uh, you know, to me, I think it's more important of thinking about if your car symbolizes you or your community, like what does it mean, particularly for me, for black and brown folks, right, of having that that canvas, right, to express themselves. And, you know, a car allows you mobility out of neighborhood, right, and taking your your culture, your identity to the streets, which I mean, and they'll share like sometimes you're getting racist stops by cops. But I think what's more importantly is that it becomes sort of like a symbol of pride, right? The police activity she was referring to is a law by the state of California introduced in the late 1950s that made it illegal to operate a car that's been modified to be lower than wheel rims. People are fighting to overturn these laws this year. In the 80s, many laws were passed against cruising. Here in Chicago, we don't have laws against the modification of low cars, but we do have laws against cruising. A police officer can issue a ticket to somebody who passes a control point twice in one hour. Some consider these laws discriminatory because they're going after activities enjoyed by certain minority groups, like Chicanos and lowriders. Particularly for marginalized communities, whether it be LGBTQ, women, I mean, just pick a group, right? The way that we use joy to affirm ourselves, to build community, and it's, it's political, right? When you live in a society where there's so many groups and people trying to strip that joy or is labeling our lives, you know, in our bodies as perverse, right? Or things to be controlled, right? So, you know, in that sense, like low riding is part of that history of like the bodies of cars, right? The choice of using cars as a way to express joy and their heritage is a symbol in itself. Like the car became such like part of Americana and like the American dream. And I always found it really fascinating back then, like in the 50s and even the 60s in my family, I would even argue into the 70s, right? Because uh, for people of color of like how they would take family portraits like in front of their homes and their car, right? So like if the car represents the American dream, the home America's, America's, like what does that mean in particular for people of color, right? That in some of those time periods were still experiencing like discrimination and there's housing discrimination. So so I think like even that, right, like the car as this larger symbol of the American dream um, and of being accepted, right, commercially, consumer-wise, but then the other side, there's that reality. For some people with lowriders, their introduction to the community came from their family. Many people told me that they planned on passing their cars down to their children. And Felipe Ledesma is no different. Uh, Godzilla green with a gold pearl, because when the light hits it, it turns gold. It, it, it's hard to see it. You can see a little kind of little, a little dye to it, but yeah. So it's that, and then I named it. I named it the turtle, because it's so slow. <laughs> he's been a member of the Damaged Car Club for over a year, though he's known a lot of the members for longer. His introduction to the lowriders came from his older brothers and began on just two wheels. I've been in the lowrider culture for um, pretty much all my life. I came from California. I moved here back in 1992. And I was like a young teenager, 13, 14 years old and stuff. And I decided, you know, I'm going to build my own lowrider bike. 
they don't come and pick up our garbage in California. So what they do, my dad used to pick up the garbage at my uncle's house and my other uncle's house and our garbage. And we used to go to the dumps and throw it away. Well, they used to throw bike parts and stuff in the, at the dumps. So I used to go and we used to, whatever I needed, I used to pick up the parts that I needed. And I started building my own. And then, you know, I, when, I was, when I was hanging around with my, my friends and stuff, they were like, hey, you know, how you do that? What you doing? Like, so I started doing it. I started building low rider bikes. And, you know, we, we started having a little crew and stuff, with cruising with the guys. Uh, my brothers and stuff had their own little cars and stuff. You know, they had their cars, they cruised, and we cruised on the side, you know, like on sidewalks. <laughs> but it was not, it was so cool. And then growing up, I was like, okay, now I can afford to put money into a car. So as we know, lowriders sometimes receive a negative reputation. They're often thought of as people who drag race or are involved in gang-related activity. The truth behind this group contains much kinder intentions. When I asked Felipe how he would describe lowrider culture, his answer was simple, family. It's all about the crew. It's all about getting together with, with people that you can get along with, you know, about, uh, about you know, like, it's like the, the people that doesn't have a family, the kids that don't have brothers and sisters and stuff. When you join a bike club or a car club or, or just a little group of people and stuff, and they have your back. That's family, you know, and you never, you would never feel left out. You know, and I always, like I always, I always say, it's, it's about the kids. Get into something that, that's good, keeping you out of trouble, with good feedback, you know, with positive feedback and everything. I work a lot, and this is, being around these guys and stuff, it, it, it makes me feel good. It makes me feel whole, you know? I'm whole again, you know? But I mean, I got my family, my wife, my kids and everything, but being here and stuff and, and showing these young kids, you know, this is what it's all about, cruising. This is the way I grew up, you know, just cruising, having a good time. You sit down, you have a barbecue, you know, you chill out. You, it's, it's, it's just the, the feel of it. it. It's hard to explain to people that don't know, you know, about the feel that you have cruising your ride. You know, it, it, it's so peaceful. These aren't just car enthusiasts, but people who enjoy their culture and the community it brings. When we come back from the break, We'll chat with the owner and president of Damage Auto Works about what his mission is to keep lowriding alive in Chicagoland. Stay tuned. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. The popularity of lowriders has spanned decades in Chicago. At one point, many shops that specialize in these type of cars were sprinkled throughout the area. In 2023, though, there's only one left. Well, my name is William Shalafu, and I'm the owner and president of Damage Auto Works, but also the president of Damage Chicago, which is the car club. Located in Lansing, Damage has been fixing up cars for 28 years. The car club has been running for about 20. I asked William why he thinks he's the last car shop around that advertises for lowriders. When you have a shop, especially because we don't have nice weather all year round, so you're limited on the time that you can actually 
cruise your vehicle, just like motorcycles, they can only get to ride, you know, so many months, except for when you have like the toys for tots in the winter. I think the reason why it definitely worked out for me is because I actually am a body shop also. I mean, we do everything here. So I wasn't just technically, and it wasn't a plan, it's just the way I, I did it. It was mostly it was supposed to be body work, but I, as a kid, learned how to do hydraulics. It took me a long time to build up my customer base here in Lansing. And next, you know, it made me one of the biggest shops when there was a handful of shops, you know, and, and I think really how I survived is because in winter, that's when people crash. Well, I'm a body shop. So summer, the hydraulics would be busy. Winter, the body shop would be busy. Growing up, William's stepfather was a mechanic. So he was always around parts, tools, and of course, cars. When I asked him how he jumped into the lowrider scene, he had an interesting answer. Well, what I did was I used to, um, well, like I say, I grew up by 28th and uh, Pulaski. And instead of running on the streets, I ended up, I used to DJ. So I would go do parties and then uh, I DJed for a guy that had a lowrider car that used to come out in the Mexican parade. Now back then, there was no hydraulic shops or lowrider shops, and you only had a handful of lowriders, which you got to see four or five of these cars come at the end of almost a parade on 26th Street. You see these cars going up and down. And so, of course, like any other kid, that interested me. So I ended up looking into it, and then it turns out I ended up selling a guy a mixtape of mine and started DJing a party for him. And then he, you know, took me to his garage and says, hey, look, at this is what I'm into. And it was a, a Buick LeSabre lowrider, and I couldn't believe it. I'm like, I remember seeing this one in the parade. So I used to hang out with the guy. He started showing me how to do paint work and how he did the work and upholstery, all that stuff. So that's how I got really into it. Just never at the time thinking I was going to open up a shop. His youth as a DJ didn't only introduce him to the world of lowrider. It eventually gave him his first lowrider car. Mine was a 1968 Chevy Impala, like Rick's, like the black one. Oh, yeah. Exactly like that one, but of course in primer because I was a kid. But that was my first car. It was a 1968 Chevy Impala. And how old were you? I was uh, 15. That's crazy. Where did you, like, 15 years old, you got No car. license. Like, no, yeah, yeah, no license. I didn't get my license until I was 20. Yeah, I graduated high school. I, yeah. I was driving since 11 years old. My dad had, my stepdad had a mechanic shop. So we got to drive between Pulaski and Costner and from 26th to 31st. So as a kid, that's a big area. But nowadays when we look like, man, that's only so many blocks. So we got lucky. But yeah, I DJed a party for somebody. I, instead of getting paid, I told him, let me get the car that's in the backyard. I dragged I it out. Yeah. Okay. Dragged that car out and we had a buddy. I mean, we, we did have a buddy that had a license. So we used his car with some chains and towed that thing from Kedzie and 24th all the way to my house on 28th. I actually lived on 28th in Kedville. These cars are driving works of art, and some at the Damaged Car Club are award winners. At every lowrider car show, there's multiple competitions one can enter the car in. Norma Shalafu's car recently won an award for her 1952 two-door sky blue Chevy. She told me the judges go by the year and how true to the original car you've stayed. There's also awards for beauty, paint color, etc. But creating these show-stopping cars is not cheap. I asked multiple people throughout my interviews for this episode what the average price people put into their cars is. And the answer always came down to, it depends. Well, it, it depends. Like, I don't put a budget to it because of the fact that to me, um, even being a shop owner, I have to look at it at both ends. So anywhere, once they put a set of rims on it, which it could be anywhere from $1,000 or more, that starts them as being a lowrider. But I think a lot of people 
the Lorraine is inside them and they're just trying to bring it out onto the car like it's a canvas. And the way I look at it is, is everybody, it's different. Like I said, it could start anywhere from a thousand, but then you have people that are spending cars that we've built when we've done the paint job, we've handled the interior, the hydraulics, the chroming, all that. Now you're talking 20, 30, 40 grand into a car, you know? Mm -hmm. So it just depends, you know? But I don't, I never frown on somebody that is just starting off where it's like, hey, I'd rather help them to get into this than anything else. That's why I make friends with everybody, because it's not all about money to me. The work people put into their lowrider depends on their time, finances, and vision. And that got me thinking, what kind of car is the best place to start? One on the verge of junk, or one that's already been worked on? Here's Eddie's answer. I like to buy something that I want to fix myself, you know, my way, because everybody's got different, different tastes and everything, so everybody has different tastes, different colors, you know what I mean? So every time you, when you buy a car that's already all made out already, that's already done, it kind of takes the fun out of it. There's a lot of blood, sweat, and tears that goes into making these vehicles what they are. But no one does it alone. The lowrider community is more than just a car club. It's generations of people building relationships and sharing their skills to ensure the craft carries on. You know, also somebody who's part of the hip-hop generation, I think like lowriding just like hip-hop you know, shows us so much of how a culture that started from the streets and started by youth and youth of color and working class youth and it's global. Like, so those same sort of attacks that we got when hip hop started in low writing, oh, it's just gonna go away or it's a nuisance. Look at it, right? It's like a billion dollar industry, both of them. But what I think is important is that people of color um, that we and the originators, uh, you know, of the culture, like that their stories get told and that the younger generation learns that history of struggle and the politics of it. Right. So I think like it is part of American culture. And I think it's still ways in which people are building community and using culture as a tool of expression and empowerment. Thanks for listening to this episode of Looped in Chicago. To see photos of the cars discussed throughout this episode, go to our Instagram at WBBM Podcast. This episode was hosted by me, Ariel Ravenet, produced and edited by myself and Lizzie Baumgartner. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and follow us on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Plus, follow us on social media at WBBM Podcasts. We'll get you looped in again back here next week. See you then. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.